At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Knife people, we are here for Knife Talk. What's up? This is Marco Malmasi uh, of Malmasi Fire Arts. I am here, as always, with Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives and Jeff Fader of Fader Knives. It is the dog days of the summer. The podcast recording equipment is giving us flack, but we're going to make it happen here. Uh, we're here to answer your questions. <clears throat> Excuse me answer questions, uh, give each other a hard time, hear some good stories, help people work through their dilemmas. And uh, Jeff actually just got back from España, hanging out with our friend Tomer Botner and doing some cool classes. Uh, you want to kick it off, Jeff, with your adventures? It was a great time. I just, thanks for covering for me, guys. I just got back. I had an amazing time in Barcelona with uh, at Florentine Kitchen Knives with Tomer Bodner. Some of the listeners were there for the class. We had a two-day two workshop. I know that ALB Knives, that's Ben, he was at the, he was from, he's from Germany. He came down for the workshop and AT Knives, Anwar was there. And then our friend, there our Welsh friend. Uh, Mark Peacock, that's Deer River, Deer River Craftsman, was down there, and we had a great time. And I tell you what, I learned so much being down with with Tomer. I always have a good time with him, and uh, I ate great food, and we we all laughed. And it was a short trip, but it, I I couldn't have gotten more in. So it was really good. That's what she said. Oh, for fuck's <laughs> sake! Oh, for fuck's sake! Oh, P.S. <laughs> yes. So I'm on the. I'm, I, we had a great time. We had amazing. I mean, the food was. Barcelona is the capital, the food capital of the world. That's it. Period. I mean, I'm done. I mean, my the the chef that we we went to go eat at of Tomer's friend Borja. I met him three years ago. We he was in the workshop three years ago. And we made a chef night with him, and I ate his old restaurant. And then we went. I got off the plane, met Tomer at his house, and we went to the shop. And the shop is beautiful. And then we went to uh, we went to uh, Borja's restaurant. The food was amazing. I mean, it was like, it was, it was real. When I, people say mind blowing all the time, there wasn't extras. There wasn't, 
there wasn't like uh, sides or you know little p- vegetables to kind of contrast. It was like these incredible, extraordinary bites of food. It was really amazing, and we had a great time. On my way out, was at the airport on the way out, and I thought I need to take a nap. Maybe I should listen to Knife Talk. Just kidding. And I turn on Knife Talk, and 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 all I hear is, "Don't worry, Jeff. The plane's gonna be okay." Oh and, shit! Or you don't worry. It's air travel's very safe now. I'm literally on the plane, about to take off, and you guys are, you guys are giving me the the evil eye on the on the airplane flight. So you got back safely. Let's I not mean, worry. Let's not worry. Don't be. But however, however, funny enough. We were landing, and I was sitting next to this Spanish woman, and um, we were landing into JFK, and um, everyone started clapping. And I turned to the Spanish <laughs> woman, and I said, don't, don't, you shouldn't, you know, we're in New York. When you're in New York, you don't clap. And she started laughing, and she said, well, we, these are these Spanish people. They like to clap when the plane lands. And I said, but yet, when you clap when the plane lands, you're, you're clapping because you're happy that the pilot did his job. He's supposed yeah. to land the plane safely. Well, this isn't like a, you know, we're not, this isn't, shouldn't be a higher wire act. So, but you guys were missed. Uh, when I was talking to Tomer, we kind of thought Craig was going to pop his big head in the door and we thought maybe you were going to surprise us. He didn't know. Tomer didn't know. No, I mean, I would have liked to have, um, but we had a few things going on and we had a gig one night and there was a, yeah, there's there's a fair bit going on. But I did have a pass on the Saturday for my wife. She's just like, just jump in the car and go. And it's just like, well, it's like six hours and and it's only Jeff, you know. Are you six hours from Barcelona? Yeah, in the car it would be, yes, I, yeah. yeah. I Holy would smokes. Be, I would be going to Barcelona every weekend. I, I don't know why you don't move to fucking Barcelona. Because, because that's the place for us. I mean, it's uh, it's like nineteen. I've been. It's a beautiful place. Yeah, it's I, I, I like nineteen eighties New York, and there's a beach, and it's tropical, and the people are awesome, and the women are beautiful, and the food is incredible. And I mean, it was like I said. I said to my wife, I said, we're, we're, "I'm learning Spanish. We're moving. To, we're moving to Spain. We're moving to Barcelona." <laughs> I said. I told her, "You got to learn Catalan, and I'm going to learn Spanish, and we're going to we're going to move. To, we're going to retire in Spain." So you caught the tail end of the super hot weather as well, didn't you? So you were lucky. It, it cooled a bit it by the time hot. you got here. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, mm. it's, it's just as hot here. I mean, I'm not. It wasn't mm. uncomfortable. But I tell mm. you what, we had the. Be- I tell you one of the highlights of the trip. I mean, besides the fact that everyone was great, and the and and we had we had uh, students who had never touched a grinder before, to seasoned knife makers, they were everyone was in great spirits. The most fun I think I had was Tomer and I got to cook dinner for everybody with Noam. His wife Noam made all these beautiful salads and did all the prep work, and you know for the past few months we you know they put on the they put on the ticket that Tomer and I are going to cook dinner. So every few months, Tomer and I said, well, what are you going to make? What are you going to make? And it was like, we were going to do the paella, but it's too much of a production. And we were working all day. So Tomer and I said, Tomer says to me, he's like, let's go down to the market, this famous market by La Ramblas, which is this kind of touristy area, but it was right next to his old mm. shop. And it's this outdoor market. And we went in, and then it's all these stalls, and there's guys with uh, jamon, and the, there's fish guys, and there's chicken guys, and meat guys, and vegetable guys, and seafood guys. And everything is out on ice, 
and it was, I mean, it smelled amazing. And I mean, it was a little sleazy. I mean, you, you do see flies and you, you're doing like, it's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. you're a little bit like, it's all right. This is not, you know, home. This is not a Whole Foods. This isn't, this is, this is a little bit, you take a little. This is real, real this food. This is real food. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is like the ham is not refrigerated. It's, everything's like, you know, you kind of roll the dice a little bit. And we got, and we picked, I said, what do you think? He goes, what do you think? We should get some of these. He's like, yeah, let's get some of those. Let's get some of that. And let's get some of this. And we got a pile of stuff. And then we grilled on their rooftop and for 15 people it was a blast and we had wine and everyone had a good time and and one of the things last last thing i'll say about tomer is i he he and i are in lockstep in regards to one thing is he kept saying he's like i want to provide value and even when we cooked him we cooked this we cooked shrimp and sardines and and giant sausages and, and and chicken and we had potatoes and different salads and pitas and hummuses and then they had this amazing uh, Basque cheesecakes for dessert. And it was like wine out the wazoo. And he says to me, he's like, do you think that this was a good value? And I was like, are you kidding me? That was the whole thing. It was like we gave this – it was a great party. It was a great event, and, and that, was, that was a huge highlight. Wow. Nice. You, so you said there are 15 people. Oh, were all of them students? Or no, how many well, people was, did you there teach were eight over students, what period of time? But then people came. I mean, we okay. invited some of the people who work there, and then there were, you know, wives and daughters and I stuff gotcha, like I that. Gotcha. So it was like, you know, all day it was about 15 people, and it was great. And everyone yeah. ate everything. There was there was nothing left. And, and uh, it was, there was a lot of like, you know, quiet eating, which was always good because people liked it and i made some hamburgers and those were good and we had a great time it was nice. it was uh it was a lot of fun and then all the knives look awesome and you know i'm actually angry how good the knives look because they look <laughs> really good you know but they were great and you know we're gonna do it again tomer and i are gonna they did a they had a videographer there his name's max and he was this awesome italian guy he took the uh, uh workshop last uh three years ago and so they're going to do a little film, and we're going to we're going to do it again, and it's going to be really great. And yeah, Tomer's a good friend now, and he's he's oh, he has been. I've been. I talk to him pretty often, and he's just mm. smartest guy, man, smartest guy. I really appreciate his uh, insights and things. And sure, who's great. great? You were doing all eight people all at once, or no. everybody had their own scheduled time? I couldn't. This I is can't the remember. move. We the first time we did this three years ago because of the size of a shop, we had to do one person at a time. And then we'd have a slot. So an hour, you got an hour to grind that knife, and then you gotta send, I got to send them to the next station. And it's like, you know, you got to be on your toes. You have to really, it's time management. So this time we did it two, mm. two. Last time it was six people, six people per class, and we did two classes. This time we did eight people, and two people came at the same time. So you had more grinders. So you gotta hustle your fucking. Ass. You have to really monitor what they're doing and then right. help them. And we had jigs set up, and we had to like you know take the doubt out, and then you know you try to explain things and you give them instruction, and then maybe you have to maybe they hit the hit the edge of the platen too hard, and I gotta like take out a little bit of a problem, and no problem. And then all of a sudden, Tomer sticks his head in and he says, "You got twenty minutes till the next group comes in." I'm like, "Okay, let's fucking go." And, <laughs> Jeez, you know you have to haul, you have to really haul ass, and it's time management, and it, it's it's not for the faint of heart. But at the same time, it's like you get it done. You got to get that's the thing about teaching classes. You got to get everyone over the finish line. That a, a good class mm. gets people over the finish line, and, and that's what we did. And it was like, you know, lots of adrenaline and excitement and lots of laughs and you know hauling ass. It was a lot of fun. So. Nice. No, it sounded the pictures as well. They all look yeah. great, and the knives—the knives that everybody ended up with—look yeah, great too. Yeah, they which were is great. Bit. It was, 
he picked a steel that was uh, it was on the softer side. It was kind of like closer to his version, their uh, the European version of AEBL, and it made me realize that maybe I need to get it, look in AEBL a little bit more. And and we're going to be doing some testing on that. And it was a what, pr- what steel was it? Do you know? I don't remember. You know, he rattled off some alphabet, and I was just wasn't really paying attention that much. <laughs> I, you know me, I you know, I can only handle so much. My interest is like you know. I'm at 75% capacity. That's about all I can handle. I was like, RB7542. I don't know. I don't remember what he said. It's like AEB. I'm like, okay, that's good enough for me. But it was great. And, and uh, I got off the plane uh, and then went to sleep and went right back to work. Got back to right back to work. So, nice. Haul and ass, guys. Haul and ass. Thanks for covering Telling for me. Though. Telling me, yeah, no, we had good fun last week. Actually, it was good yeah. fun. But I gather we've had some um, some feedback this week that we should maybe well, let's uh, talk about address you, at the top of the show. Bit. Let's talk about what you guys have been up to. We can't just, I mean, we, we can't. Just, we haven't been together in a while. We might as well. You know, we can't just have a little campfire. We talk haven't here. been on on a rooftop grilling sardines in the sun with a bunch of cool people. So you know, it's going to pale into insignificance now. Whatever we say. Well, I mean. What can you say? I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, like, it was what it was. You're going to make these people have a good time. Mareko, all right, Mareko, what have you been up to? Uh, mostly, uh, well, regular knife stuff. Uh, I also did a little bit of, of fabrication for a friend who had a, a gate that had a latch tab that needed to be replaced. Uh, I did a bit of summer cleaning, uh, which is basically the worst time to try to do any cleaning because it's so freaking hot my shop is all it's like a metal structure so it's just radiating the heat inside so it's like i'm in a little oven uh but uh the the family my wife and my kid came and my kid uh kind of helped but mostly he was (laughs) staying out of the way listening to the podcast while my wife kind of directed and i i uh Wait, wait, wait. You let your kids listen to podcasts? Fuck yeah. Well, not this one. There could be all sorts of language in these podcasts. What are you it's doing now? It's not any worse than what I, he hears at home. <laughs> oh, boy. You've heard me talk, haven't you? <laughs> oh, boy. I'm pulling your leg. Uh, pulling so, your leg. Uh, but, yeah, so it was it was great to get it done because it had really been um, probably at least a year to year and a half to, since I lasted like a solid deep clean. And uh, all surfaces are cleaned. Uh, you know, all the garbage and recycling's out. Things are back where they belong. It's like I'm in a brand new shop for the most part. My grinding room is still a bit of a mess, but that's kind of cordoned off to one corner. Uh, so I got to tackle that next. But it feels a lot better to be in that space without it, without the stress and kind of uh, the clutter of everything. Because it is for me, it's it is a little bit stressful to be in a very disorganized kind of disheveled space trying to be as creative and productive as i possibly can Hmm. it's like jumping into a dumpster and saying all right let's go to work (laughs) you just can't do it how did your sharpening event go are you still doing that each week yeah i'm not doing it every week i'm doing it a couple times a month but those have been going well um they've been going really well the public uh the the people of my local area really appreciate it um So the the housing market's been so crazy in Seattle that a lot of people are actually moving out of Seattle. And some Mm -hmm. folks were still driving up to Seattle to get their knife sharpened because nobody was around this area sharpening knives. And so people are like super pumped that, 
you know, cause they were, they also had like extra, like, I'm going to go to the farmer's market or I'm going to go visit an old friend or something like that while I go up there to get my knife sharpened. But now they don't have to do all that. And they just, they just come to me and I'll take care of them. So it's been going good. It's been going good. Cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. and I got a little, a little <laughs> local blurb coming out, uh, in the local paper, uh, about, or not paper, but like an online rag about uh, just me doing the sharpening and stuff like that. I've been in it a couple times for other stuff, um, but not for the sharpening. So that'll be cool nice. to have that come out soon. Nice. I, do nice. you think that a you nice, would, nice uh, big sort of stretched out pose over the grinder? I well, I put a animal rug over the top of it first, and then oh, okay, fair yeah. enough. And then I'm more like I'm straddling it, like I'm riding a cow boy. That's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. do you yeah. think that you know once the article comes out, and I don't know how many times more times you're going to be doing it. Do you think you're going to offer that service without the you know just at home or something like a drop off? No. So I think the the plan is to do create a drop off service where and where I coordinate with other local businesses. That is, I mean, one that makes perfect sense is the is the lady that owns the market and puts the market on. She owns a kitchen store as well as a bunch of other stuff. Um, but she has a kitchen store where people can drop off their knives. So the market ends in October. And I think the plan from here on from that point forward is going to be coordinating drop off points where every other week I come and pick up knives, I sharpen them, turn around and bring them back. Um, but that way I'm kind of doing it on my time in my right. own space without people. Um, and not taking that extra, the extra time being physically at the market, um, doing that rather than just doing it, you know, in a Monday afternoon or something like that. That's a good idea for a lot of our listeners. Oh, for sure. To think, I think about there's... your local, talk to your local restaurant guys and figure something out. Yeah, mm. for sure. There's Most communities have some sort of a kit, kitchen store of some sort. Um, and so I think that would definitely be a, a key place to coordinate doing that. Uh, I think... I think there's an opportunity. I mean, there's so many knife makers, obviously, around the country and so many people, you know, so many grinder jockeys. Um, it's it's a nice little side hustle. I've been pulling in an extra couple thousand dollars a month just sharpening knives. And that's not nothing. Nice. So, that's a lot. No, not at all. No. Yeah. So I'll take Sheesh. it for sure. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Ah, okay. Um, where were we? Your weekend. Shall we do well, that? Your week. Oh, my weekend. My Did week. your album okay, drop? My week. Oh, let's talk about the fucking album, P.S. Uh, can, we, can I just say it's a single? Sorry, you you're say single. an album. People, right. people are going to be disappointed when there's only three songs well, on there. I mean, you know. It's, 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 a, it's a, a, a single. There's three songs, basically. Um, yes. So, what was it? Monday or Tuesday, I believe it was. So, it's not available until November. You know, okay. it's a long time. But you, you can pre-order them. I so gotcha. and they're all valid sales for the chart, so all of these sales won't count until the day of release. Uh, so I'm just sort of bank banking up sales, you know, um, which is which is really right. nice. So it's so, like a coordinated yeah. effort, so that when the album comes out, it's just like exactly, boom! exactly, Thousands exactly. I mean sold. the way. The way charts used to work was you'd go in at like number 25 and you'd slowly work your way up. But that doesn't work anymore because everybody does pre-orders and you have that one shot. You have that one week of your chart position, really. And from that point on, you generally come back down again. Um, so, yeah, so this is all coordinated for the, I believe it's the 18th of November is the release date. Um, 
And thank you so much. A bunch of listeners have already bought, and, and some listeners have bought more than one. They've bought like a bunch of them as well. So I really do appreciate it. So, so thank where you do you go to buy much. the single? CraigLockwoodMusic.com. Um, and I'll put that down in the, in the show notes as well. But um, yeah, thank you all. I've, I've had a bit of a, a sort of a burst of, you know, two or three days of really sort of trying to promote it. Um, but you know, this is, this will be like this till November. So I'm going to stop now for a little bit. Um, and then when it gets, you know, closer to the date, I'll ramp it back up again. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's really exciting. So yeah, it's all good. Do you have an idea of how many pre-orders there already have been? Or is that under the... I will know on Tuesday, on Tuesday, but I do know. So the distributor that I'm using, so I'm, you know, I'm not doing this on my own. I got distributors going to, you know, cause it goes around the world kind of thing. Um, they're brilliant. They're really, really good. Um, and they're, they're probably the better, better, better known distributor in the UK as well. Um, but they have a, a chart on their website of best-selling. Um, and I got to their number one in their chart of best-selling by the distributor um, this week. So nice. on Wednesday, I sold more records in the UK than Elvis and Pink Floyd, So which is, which is I don't That's know the numbers it. yet. But yeah, I mean... You know, Elvis has been dead for some time, and Pink Floyd's not really releasing much. But, um, but you know, you know, on my gravestone it will say "sold more records than Elvis" because it's factual. You know, yes. But um, no, it's really exciting. It's really exciting, and um, it feels weird again to be sort of pushing something because that's what I've always done. I, you know, I've always, you know, I've always worked for myself and always had products and all the rest of it. And, you know, always that sort of hustle of trying to sell something. And, you know, thankfully with knives, you know, it's all done by mailing list and it's all a bit gentler now. It's not the hard push. Um, but it's, it feels weird. So really sort of whoring yourself. So yeah, I'm going to dial back after, um, so this is released Monday after Monday, I'm going to dial back for quite some weeks and then I'll, uh, you know, I'll ramp it back up again. No, but, no, um, no. Monday is the perfect time to ramp it up because everybody's going to start hearing this episode. They don't necessarily yeah, all hear it on Monday, right. right? They hear it throughout the week. Maybe, maybe. But um, yeah, it, it just feels weird sort of hawking something like that again, you know, and it's like, uh, I don't know. But it's cheap. It's three ninety nine, you know, <laughs> or if you're in the US, it's $5 with free shipping. So, you know. Question. It's a good. It's a good cause. It's making an old man very is happy. It, is it also true that when you tweeted, Ricky Gervais liked your tweet? He did. He did. So a cousin of mine said, "It's very Ricky Gervais what you're doing." You know. So if you've seen um, the David Brent film um, where he self funds like an album and not letting it's, re- it's really quite desperate, you know. And so he said that jokingly. So I put it on Twitter jokingly and I tagged Ricky Gervais and he liked it, which was, which was nice. Beautiful. I just started yeah, watching yeah. afterlife. How good is it? I love oh, it man. so far. I mean, it's rough, yeah. but it's good. It's rough. Yeah. It's fucking rough. It is, yeah. It's deep. It's deep. <laughs> yeah. I've got some, yeah. If anybody's listening to the after show later, I've got a good TV wreck this week, which is also rough. And when I say wreck, I mean, it's a fucking wreck as oh, well. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I'm yeah. just looking at yeah. your website for the album or for your, uh, Craig Lockwood music.com. It mm. is a great looking website. It's a Squarespace special, you know, a, yes. Craig's, a, Craig's a website guru. I know it looks so do. good though. And he said he really like put some time into talking about all the, the idea and the songs and, hmm. you know, the studio. It's a we, big bag, basically yeah. at the top of the page. There's just a big bag <laughs> saying, if I've ever helped you I out know. in any way, made you smile, bought you a drink. I'm just asking for this one such little a, favor. You know, that's such a manipulation. It's such a, it is. Remember that time I helped you now fucking stack up, step up. 
Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't for free. Yeah. It was for three ninety nine in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what's been going on aside for that's taken up a lot of my time. Um, aside from that, I talked last week about the, the chef knives with the Juma handles. Um, so I've got four of them, which will be going up this week on the mailing list. Um, two green, one blue, one pink. The greens are slightly different, two different greens. Um, but they're lovely. Actually, it's a really nice material to work with. It, uh, yeah. When, um, we spoke last week, Morocco said it is more, more of a dragon. And I see what you mean. Those scales are real sort of dragon like. Yeah. yeah but they're, they're Super very nice. Cool. Yeah. They're cool. They're cool. Um, and we had, I didn't have a gig tonight, um, which is unusual. For the last few Fridays I have, or at least over the weekend I have, um, when I was telling my daughters, they're like, oh, Papa, can we do a gig tonight? Oh, cute. So we set everything up on our patio tonight. So I had the lights, the sound system, the microphone, and they ran through a few songs, which was bloody brilliant. So, That's sweet. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's been a good day. Been a good day. So I want to just give a shout out to Even Heat. I know we haven't run any plugs yet. Yeah. Old, old uh, Spence is going to hook up Tomer. Tomer's got an even heat, and uh, he got an even heat in Europe, and Spence has been nice enough to help him with uh, the setup of his Ramp Master. He's got an LB-22, LB-18 with a Ramp Master, mm. and uh, he's gonna, Spence is going to hook us up. So Cool. Very nice. Very nice. Tell you what, let's tell everybody about Even Heat because they are so good. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat, and that will take you to Soul Ceramics, who are distributors of Even Heat, um, and they've got some in stock. They're ready to go. Um, so, yeah, you go there, knifetalk.net forward slash heat. You get $75 off and free shipping in the U.S. So what are you waiting for? That link is down in the description, too. Okay, let's get on to this this listener feedback, because uh, Jeff's been teasing me, saying we've had some some feedback this week. Let's... let's it, Let's listen if, to this. if you want to interact with the show, am I still quiet or am I better? You're good. Right. You're good. It's all good. Uh, if you want to, uh, if you want to interact with the show, if you follow us on Instagram, Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, you can send us feedback or questions or dilemmas or whatever you want. And uh, we got a nice, uh, we got a piece of feedback. We asked for feedback. We got feedback. And I'm, <laughs> I made, an, I'm making this anonymous because there's just no reason to beat the brakes off this guy and, I, and when i read it i really want you two guys to not be defensive i want you to be you know we're uh, we're, we're we're adults here we're adults here so this is an anonymous and he says man well listening to the show this morning with Mareko, and as much as i love you guys and i would love to share the podcast with coe makers i don't know what coe makers are co church of england i don't know might be might be something close to that and for makers and family there's just too many f-bombs i know it may not matter to the team and that's okay i just wanted to share my thoughts i'm trying to boost awareness to, to your podcast i hope you guys are doing great and appreciate all your work i'm really pulling for you guys and hoping for the best oh okay that, that's quite respectful yeah. actually it's not what right. i was imagining so I okay just didn't, you know okay Sometimes we get this once in a while, you know. We do, we do. Um, Who was that? Oh, it was anonymous. Yeah, I was gonna see if I should go black. Yeah. No, I'm just oh joking. no, 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 I'm no, joking. No, 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 no. I apologize. Wait, I apologize for my f bombs. You don't listen. We fucking say fuck. I mean, it's like the end of the world. <laughs> listen, there's a couple things, and I'm fast. I, I listened to these things, and we got them before years ago, and it's it's fine. There's a couple things. Now, one is. Um, I prefer that we be comfortable. And part of being comfortable is just saying the way we feel and saying the things that we say. 
That is yeah. far more of a of a compelling conversation when you just talk naturally. That's it. I mean, and, and yeah. it's not for everybody. It, you know, it's, it's not when, for everybody. We're coming up to our two hundred fiftieth episode, and I think round about the hundredth, we sort of took a, a bit of a turn. I think where we just felt a lot more comfortable with each other because we spend you know a couple of hours speaking to each other every week. Yeah. We felt a lot more comfortable, and I think if we weren't. I don't think the show would be what it is if we weren't being ourselves, you know, and there's, there's this whole thing about, you know, do we try and target the show? To, but we don't. We just have a chat each week. If we if we started going down the route of what our listeners wanted, because, you know, some of our listeners love that sort of chat. Some of some of them, some maybe don't. Some of us would maybe like us to be more sort of blokey about things. And it's like, well, it's just we're just being us. We, we can't be what we're not. And I think if we did try to put you know, to be something else and try to please everybody, we'd, we'd just be like politicians trying to please everybody but pleasing nobody. There you are know? so many um, shitty podcasts out there where they're trying yeah. to – you can tell when they're talking that they're nervous. And when you can tell yeah. when they're talking, they think that people are listening and they want to portray themselves a certain way and they want to pretend that they're something that they're not. The three of us talk normally and naturally, and that's far makes it a far more interesting podcast than if we were to, per, per, uh, you know, portray ourselves as someone that we're not. Yeah. I would say, yeah. I would much rather hear the word "fuck" than these self-righteous loopholes of people saying <laughs> "f bomb" or "wtf" or when you see people writing "fuck" but they take the "u" out and put an umlaut or some. They're using yeah. the. They're using the, it's, it's like the self-righteous loop. The, these self-righteous loopholes where just because I'm not writing shit and I'm using like uh, an ampersand for the H, that means I'm kind of like my grandmother won't think I'm a human garbage. We know what you're trying mm. to say, and what's the point of just trying to pretend that you're not saying it? I mean, it's like it's it's foolish. So if you say fuck once in a while or you say shit once in a while, I mean, that's the way it is. And I, I appreciate the guy's message because he said it in a very much along the lines of a respectful way. We've gotten messages from guys who, 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 who say, I don't care about what you have to say about your lives. I want to hear about knives. I want you to, I want mm. you to work harder on you know, knife talk. And instead of I, we don't care about you and how famous you guys are. So it's like you, you, t- you give and take, you know. Yeah, and remember, this show is sort of powered by the listeners anyway. So what you know, what what a lot of people probably don't realize is that we get so many messages a week. Not they're not all questions. Some of them are just saying, "Oh, great show, guys," or whatever. So you know, we do take all that on board. But uh, like we said, we just need to be ourselves, basically. You know, and you know, there's plenty of shows that I listen to. Um, that since I've had children, I maybe don't listen to it in front of the children just because it's, you know, the time and place may make it more appropriate and so on. It's, well, yeah, we are what we are, unfortunately. We're not for everybody. Um, we certainly don't mean to offend anybody, but, um, well, yeah, we fucking do. <laughs> to be honest, we do, don't we? Let's if face it. If you want to listen to a podcast, it's a great maker podcast with no F-bombs. Listen to the Axe and Iron podcast. Roy Scott is virginal. Roy Scott is virginal in the way he speaks. And I'm kidding because he has figured out new ways to say fuck I've never heard before in my life. <laughs> I've never in my life heard someone use the word fuck the way he does. He calls he calls Chris Cash motherfucker head. I've never in my life <laughs> heard, be, heard I, you have never heard more fucks in your life than when you listen to the Axe <laughs> Podcast. It's shocking to the point where when we they're going to be at Maker Camp. 
And I'm thinking maybe we could do a giant podcast. We'll, we'll have Full Blast will be the sponsor. And we'll do who can go the longest without cursing. And, it, and it'll be interesting. Wow. Well, I'll put 20 bucks in. And then we'll, we'll, we'll see who can go the longest without cursing. And then the winner takes it all. And we're going to call it the fuck off. The fuck off. You know? <laughs> the great big fuck off. The great off. big fuck Love off. It. So How about you do the opposite? And instead of people not cursing, there's a swear jar. And every time you swear, you got to throw a dollar in. Like, come ready with oh. ones. Dude. And you got to drop ones in. And then whoever... <laughs> Can I just and then that you? gets donated, and then that gets donated to a. You non-profit. take all that money and buy and buy my CDs as many copies <laughs> you as you what, can. If, we we, go. if the three of us had to compete, who could go the longest without cursing? I'm going to win. I'm going to oh, win. First, no question. I don't, I don't know. know. I feel like Greg I think, might I, rock. Think I, do, I think I, I do well there. Doors but, but, off, ladies. And I live with young kids. We don't swear oh, in front of the kids yeah, in the house. Yeah, I think yeah, I could I could do it. It's eleven o'clock at night. You high had a few pops. You're going to say the C-bomb in a minute. I, you're going to... I, 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 I don't oh, say the C-bomb. Yeah. There's, there's levels of, uh, oh, okay. of language, right, and so that's, that's another so level guys, even for so me. That's it, you know? I, I appreciate this guy sending us this message. Yeah, he said it in a very respectful way. And yeah, yeah, unfo- yeah unfortunately, we, we won't be changing because it's, it's who it's we are. It's too fucking hard. Um, <laughs> it's too fucking hard, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Listen, um, Ryan from uh, Broadback Ironworks has been in touch. Um, we, we, they've been great sponsors of the show for a long time, and you guys use their use their grinders. A lot of our listeners are now using them, thankfully. Um, but um, they've got some new deals, um, and they made it super, super simple for everybody. So we all know how great the grinders are. We all know it. Um, if you use Knife Talk 200, you're going to get $200 off one of their grinders, and that's any of their packages. They've got plenty of packages now. $200 off. They also have a sharpening system, and if you use Knife Talk 100, you'll get $100 off their sharpening system too. So they've made it nice and simple. $200 off a grinder, $100 off a sharpening system. Thank you, Broadback, for being on board. If you haven't got one, what the hell are you doing? Go and get one. We get some uh, good, tough scenarios, by the can way. Can I add something to the $100 off, actually? So sure, I think it's yes, not yes. just the sharpening system; it's also the surface grinder and the leather stitcher. Oh, oh, cool. Okay, even yeah. better. Lovely. Sorry, Jeff, you're talking. Some good tough dilemmas, if you want. L- yeah, let's do one. Yes, so yes. This one's another one anonymous. This is anonymous. Oh, <laughs> Look at these fucking chicken shits. <laughs> Can't. No, but you know what? I, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take an anonymous. You know what? I that's a good call. All right. That's well, fine. the other guy, Never the mind. other guy who says we say fuck too much, he didn't. To be anonymous, but I just didn't feel the, the need that he needed. I, I appreciated it, what he said. You don't want the audience like he, berating. I didn't him. feel like he needed any trouble. I feel like he was giving. Up, he was being yes. respectful, and I didn't think it needed to be twisted any other way. Yeah, this one's anonymous because he got an issue. Uh, he uh, he says I have a sibling that is well famous. I have never used her name for any type of gain or special treatment because she has busted her ass to get where she is. However, I'm trying to get completely out of the quote friends and family market if she is willing to help me out and get me some info get some info to the to, and get me some info to get the knives in other celebrities hands should i do it i'm not worried about the quality of my product it's more about using my sister's name for personal gain signed i don't know jim kardashian and i was going to say tommy lopez or uh, <laughs> signed, signed uh, Jay Z knives sister, yeah, Beyonce knives. Yeah, um, look, do what you need to do. I think, um, you know, 
we've all got our uh, advantages and disadvantage, you know, in in the way we work. And if you can call on something to, you know, if if it's going to be an advantage or you believe it to be an advantage, hell, use it. Definitely. Definitely. I I feel like the celebrity stuff almost never pans out. That's the thing. Yeah, if it really is an advantage or if you believe it to be, use it. But, yeah, however, would it be? I I think the greater advantage would be to try to connect with other makers and collaborate with them and become uh, and 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 that in that collaborating their audience is now aware of you and most people who collect and buy knives aren't just buying from one person they buy from all kinds of makers it's just they don't know who to buy from but when you collaborate with somebody that person is essentially vouching for you and your credibility and you as a person and that there's a trust level there that is created with that person and their audience. And then they are sharing that with you when you do that collaboration work with them. But if Elton John's your brother, are you going to say, you going to say, don't promote my shit? You know, not that that's who it is. Mm. Well, I mean, it's a perfect, I mean, <laughs> y- you going over and working with Florentine is a perfect example of that, as well as all the chef collaborations that you've done. Right. All of that is, it's kind of like, there's a cross promotional aspect to that and it helps build audience. It helps build awareness. And I think you're going to get more value in doing that with somebody who is in the industry than your random famous sister. Sure. She might be able to help you move five or 10 knives, but that's not going to help you over the long term of your career. I think you're better off collaboration with some, my sister's Madonna. I'm going to, I'm going to say, what the fuck? Help me out here. Madonna (laughs) sister. Mm. I, I mean, this is not, I, my opinion is I agree with long-term, short-term, I agree with what Mareko's saying. But if it's my sister, I'm going to be like, remember that time I bailed you out? I promised you know, your mother, you know, my, I covered for you for mom. And I don't ask for much from you. The least you can do is do a nice little Instagram plug. You'll hold the knife with my with your teeth with your tits hanging out. Whatever it takes. Help me <laughs> out here. Gross. I mean, it's your sister. I don't know if you're going to say that. But sorry for the guy who didn't worry about the – he didn't like the F-bombs. Now he's – the incest jokes, I don't think he's going to like that either. But, you know, I, I, I mean, you could, that's for your next listener feedback. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you know. Elton, Elton, it could be Saturday night, so right for <laughs> knife fighting, surely. Just for one night I say, only. Yeah. I say you, you, fought, you, the least she can. I mean, you probably babysat her. You probably, there's probably a lot of, like, things you did for her. Do you, do you know who it is, Jeff? Because you've seen the name, obviously. Do you know who I it is? I do know who it is, but I don't know who the famous person is. This might be like... Okay, okay. I mean, if this is like a country music person, I'm out. You know, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's like, you know, Cardi B's brother. You know, I don't think, I okay. mean, if it was Cardi B's brother, it'd be like, yo, Cardi, come on, man. Get some WAP and give me some fucking knives here. You know, I don't think there's any problem with it. I would totally do it. I would totally say, like, come on, man. I haven't done enough for you. Remember that time? Remember that time, uh, you know, you snuck in late and I covered for you? Remember that time? Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. But, yeah, how useful it would be, you know, don't don't bet your house on that, it, maybe. I think that the, the real issue is it's the feeling that a lot of people do. A lot of people, a lot of makers have this feeling like, Am I garbage if I have to ask somebody for help? Or if I ask a famous person for help, does that, does that make me less of a maker? Am I not doing it? Is it not my, is it not my talent and skill alone that I need help from someone? There's this feeling like, you know, that, that fraud that you feel if somebody's helping you. 
And I don't really think that that's the case, but I could tell that's what where the question was coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this feeling yeah. like, oh, it's, I know you're my sister, and you only got you hear these things. Oh, she he only he only is a famous knife maker because his sisters, you know, think of another famous, you know, mm-hmm. Barbara Streisand. You know, I don't know. I mean, I still, don't worry about that. Just go out, go tell her. <laughs> Showing your fucking age there. <laughs> What famous woman can you think of? <laughs> like you're just like an old it's Jew. A, I don't know, Barbara Streisand. I don't. It's a problem right now. I'm, I'm thinking. I mean, I'm thinking about you know Shakira's got her own problems right now. I don't think it's her. You know, yeah. I'm thinking. I, in my mind, I'm imagining this is a country music person, and I don't. You know, you should for sure hit your sister up and say, "Yo, go on your stories and hook me up here." Yeah, make up a country song about these knives are seeds are amazing. Is that going to be on your next single? For fuck's sake, you're going to be you're going to be need to do refunds if you do the next. The next single is going to be country. Craig sings Maybe, country. Yeah, Craig does country. Yeah. <laughs> the next one comes from Zachary Brown. I have a nice little dilemma for you guys. So I went to a local woods, uh, woodworking store to buy a couple of tools. They were running a promotion for... Uh, I did that one last week. Sorry, guys. He's stolen something, hasn't Shit. he? Shit. Yeah. I did these ones. I, I did these these ones. Sorry. I did those ones already. I, 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 was, I'm, I got jet lag. Want to go to questions or hot takes? Let's, let's go to questions, but first of all... Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. Exactly. Do it now. Questions. We have questions. Um, As Jeff said, if you've got a question for us, we are Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. Um, DM us and um, we can hopefully read them out on the show. Mareko, would you like to take Luke's... I'll, I'll take Luke's right here. Luke Holt Fretter. Sorry. Luke Holt Fretter. He says, love the show, guys. Uh, I just started out on my knife-making journey and wondered if you have any tips on grinding uh, grinding, and not ending up with a thousand blisters. Uh, maybe it's my sissy hands, but damn, my fingers holding the blade against the belt uh, cop a battering during a grind. So do you guys have any tips on protecting your fingers either from the belt or maybe burn blisters uh, from holding the blade. What do you think? Mm. Blisters. Um, maybe you're just throttling, throttling what you're maybe. holding. Maybe just, you know, yeah, said. don't grip so hard. Yeah, maybe um, I've never suffered with blisters. Um, obviously plenty of cuts and that kind of thing and even burns, but never blisters. So I, I, I don't know. The only thing I could imagine is that you, you're really sort of bracing yourself and really holding tight. Um, I do all my bracing in my in my arsehole. Um, oh, <laughs> when you really I pack her up, you know? anonymous. I didn't I, expect that to happen. I didn't expect this to be unnecessary <laughs> biology conversation. I leave for um, two weeks. And this is what I, I would be. Asshole, Jesus. Um, but yeah, I, uh, that's the only thing I could imagine. I don't know why else you'd be getting blisters. Um, but I don't know. Maybe you guys you, do you get blisters. Jeff. What do you think, Oh, I, I mean. Uh, number one is I had some interesting conversations with some of the guys who were at the class and, and this great guy, Anwar, AT Knives, uh, awesome guy. He was showing me how he grinds and he, he wraps his thumb and his first finger with tape. 
and then he can put that's the hand that's pushing his knife against this the uh the belt and i was and i watched him do it and I, he does that be so the tape you know takes all the the, the problems the, the burns and the sparks mm. and stuff like that um i am a fan of a push stick i make a push stick with a 45 degree uh, angle so when your thumb is holding the push stick you're you're comfortable and then in terms of holding the knife i have noticed that when i'm holding the steel just on its own, I find it to be very uncomfortable in my, in my uh, hand. So what I did was I took a piece of wood that was like the, si- the, the thickness of, the, of the, the width of the blade, and then I cut a, uh, hole, a, a channel in it with, the, uh, with a saw. So there's like, it's almost like there's a little channel cut out, and then I slide the knife in, the, the handle's end into that uh, space, and then I tape it up with electrical tape. Hmm. So it's almost like making a handle, a fake handle, where hmm. it's comfortable and I can hold it and I don't feel like the, 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 the tang is like cutting into my hand or the steel is cutting into my hand. And it really has made a huge difference. And I actually brought a couple over to the class and the guys who are knife makers, but like, oh, that made, that really made me feel more comfortable. And then I'm a fan of using the push stick um, and then just dipping it in water. Cause I don't want to, or dipping the steel in water because yeah, sometimes it sucks, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely gotten burn blisters early on, especially when I was still learning how to grind. And a lot of that, honestly, mostly was happening when I would be grinding while wearing gloves because I, uh, while I'm grinding, I'm also constantly, especially in the finish grinding, uh, constantly dipping the blade to cool it off. And that water transfers to the gloves. And then that heat sh- transfers through the leather, through the water in the glove really easily. And I was burning the shit out of my hands. Um, and I, f- I have found over the years that grinding barehanded is actually the best way for me. Um, I used to try to support the blade at the spine. Like if I'm grinding edge up, I would support under the spine with like the edge maybe of my index thing finger while pushing with my thumb against the blade um and now what i do is i i hold my hand out um or whatever side isn't holding so i'm sorry let me stop for a second back it up rewind i'm holding the blade by the tang in my right hand on the right side of the platen so then i support the spine off of the platen with my hand out kind of like as if i was reaching out to shake left-handedly um but Mm. then i still have i pivot my thumb over so i'm supporting the blade on the spine but off the platen so i'm not in in danger of getting sparks build or hot steel uh, powder build up or or grinding my finger against the belt which happened plenty when i used to do it the other way but i can still use my thumb um to put pressure and apply pressure where i need it but that's for a freehand grinding system setup i think if you're using a a table support uh and uh, a push stick is definitely the way like what jeff is describing um to help prevent your hands uh, from getting burned up if i'm doing any primary grinding say like after forging but before heat treating i just grind the shit out of it but i'm at that point i'm all about leverage and coarse belts and removing material as quickly as possible so i'm using actually a push stick at that point uh to create that leverage and that pressure but in the finish grinding i'm kind of finessing things a little bit more and dipping constantly and because i'm grinding barehanded if for some reason my thumb gets overheated or a part of my hand gets hot too uh i can also 
quench my hand in the bucket of water um, because I don't have a glove and that wa that cold water can get to my hand quicker to cool that off um, versus kind of just sitting there suffering with it or otherwise. One thing I'll say about the push stick is I've noticed that the push stick has helped me because I made the face of the push stick the width of the platen. And what it does is it, it, it evens out the pressure of the mm. knife going oh, against right, yeah. the platen. Instead of sometimes your thumb can, you know, depending on how thin you get, sometimes your thumb can put pressure on one spot. Mm. And if you have a, a, a push stick where the face of the push stick is like even, your yeah. pressure all of a sudden is even, and then you can hold it gently against the platen, and then you're, con you're just pulling the knife out. So you're not like rubbing the push stick in. But you're 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 giving even pressure against the belt, so when you're pulling, you're getting an even grind as you slowly and steadily pull. Nice, you I like go. that. Yeah, hadn't thought of that. Having won the full fucking width. knife talk, nice. Craig. Yeah. Don't forget it. You know. Well, oh yeah, we often talk knives on this show. Number one yeah. knife related nice. podcast like on this German fested planet. <laughs> yes, Brendan Brendan Meza. Um, as messaged. Um, hey, question for you guys. I was given a slab of black walnut and blo and a block of African mahogany. And they're really dense woods, and I was wondering, do woods like this still need to be stabilized, or could I just cut some scales and glue them up just like that to a knife? I'm fairly new to bladesmithing. Sorry if this question's kind of dumb. Um, he says, also got to meet Moreco at the Forged to Table. Uh, I kind of geeked out, uh, but you're an awesome guy. <laughs> and the knife sharpening and care session you did, um, I learned a lot, so thanks again. Big fan there, Brandon. Um, sorry, uh, Morocco. Um, so what do we think? Um, he's got um, African mahogany um, and um, black walnut. Um, as he says, very sort of dense woods. Um, do they need stabilizing? Morocco, what do you think? I, I would say I would at least try to stabilize them, especially the black walnut, um, even as dense as it might feel. Um, the stabilizing really does help stabilize the material so it moves less uh, even natural material and woods that have been stabilized will still move a little bit um, but it moves a lot less than it would if it hadn't been stabilized uh, so stabilizing uh, the wood definitely benefits from stabilizing for sure especially for a culinary knife or any kind of knife that's going to experience um, a lot of exposure to moisture um, the African mahogany, uh, I'm not familiar with, but I would probably still try to stabilize it if I could. Uh, and if you're going to try to stabilize material, obviously there are kits and setups. You can do it yourself. Or uh, the guys down at KNG, um, they do a really great job. They're down in Arizona. Uh, they measure like the moisture content in the wood even before they even uh, go through stabilizing. If it needs to dry out a little bit, they got their setup down in Arizona to be able to make that happen uh, before they run the material through. Uh, and they, I, anytime I've needed wood stabilized, um, I, I've sent it down to them and I've, I've always had positive experiences and, um, and the price is great. I mean, usually I, I usually try to send as much wood as possible all at once, which is typically like a medium sized flat rate box. But after the cost all in all, like the blocks come back, at a cost of like $5 a block. Um, so it's hard to beat that, especially when handled materials are anywhere from, you know, $45, $50 to upwards of $200 for some handled blocks, you know? 
Mm. They do mm. a great job. I, I think a, a general sort of rule of thumb I use is these sort of um, these you know African hardwoods that kind of thing. If they're oily and you can you know you, you can feel if they're oily in that, they generally don't um, stabilize too well. Um, and they're also, you know, super, super dense. Um, but, I mean, if you do your own stabilizer, and after a while, you'll sort of, you'll get to sort of know by sort of weight if you think something, you know, how dense something is. Um, but, I mean, you've got nothing to lose. If you've got your own kit, you've got nothing to lose because, you know, the biggest cost, I suppose, with stabilizing is the stabilizing fluid you're using. Right. And if it's not going to be stabilized, you haven't wasted any. Um, yeah, you've got nothing to lose, but a bit of time, really. Some woods really stabilize totally different than others. Like, I've mm. really noticed a big difference in if something's figured, if something's not figured, and it, how much it takes in and how much it doesn't take in. It, it, stabilizing is interesting. I'm under the impression that if you listen to Knife, uh, Toby, or knife and Steel, Fire and Steel, Toby, Toby and Honor, Honor have a podcast called Knife and Steel. And back in the archives, Toby did a whole thing on stabilizing. I would look. I would listen to that. I would listen to that. Toby doesn't listen to this podcast anymore because I, I beat the brakes <laughs> off him at one point. But I'm for him. I am for Toby. I'm for Toby. Nice. Toby and Otter are the best. Go listen to their podcast. In the in the in the in the in the, uh, in the archives, he got a whole thing. A couple days. A couple episodes on stabilizing. I, I do cool. remember meeting Brandon now. Brandon now, I pulled up his Instagram. Yeah, we had a good conversation, catch up, and it was nice to meet him. So, thanks for the shout out, bud. There you go. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Here we go. Uh, Jeff, do you want to do Knives by Knives Nuge? by Nuge says, what are your thoughts on wearing shorts in the shop? I'm sweating my balls off, but the guys on the Work For It podcast just said that shorts are a no-go for them. What's your opinion on wearing shorts in the shop? <laughs> I wear shorts in the shop, um, but I wear a long apron. Um, that goes down to sort of um, Balls. J- just above my really <laughs> just above my really cool shoes. Um, <laughs> just just covering the nuts. And I wear shin pads. You got like a murder apron, is what you got. <laughs> I have a big yeah, this big old leather thing. Yeah, um, but um, 
Yeah, I think it's fine. Um, my, you know, my grinder um, is pretty high, and I have a bucket, you know, which is sort of waist high, just below waist high. Um, so yeah, my legs, my legs generally, I mean, they're generally clean. So that that's a sign that they're not being, you know, that they're not uh, being contaminated with anything, or you know, not, certainly not being burned. Um, so I'm I'm for it. Depends on your setup, but uh, you know, why Reco, not? You wear shorts. I 100% wear shorts. I've never had an issue for, with wearing shorts. I've always worn shorts, uh, especially when it's hot. Um, and honestly, like if I'm wearing pants, like maybe it might keep my legs from getting a little dusty from grinding or something like that. But if I a piece of metal mm. smashes into my leg, my pants aren't doing hardly anything to fucking protect me from that. So, like I don't I don't know what the concern is about not wearing shorts. Or I would be curious to hear yeah. what their argument was. I think they just said it in passing. I, those are our friends. I've been on their podcast. They're our friends. We're not taking no one's taking. Oh, yeah. oh I know. yeah, no, they're cool I guys. would yeah. say yeah, yeah. I things. would have a high, I would have more of a problem welding in a short sleeve shirt. Then I actually am a huge I'm a huge hater of welding in short sleeve shirts, over wearing shorts. Welding mm-hmm. in short sleeve yeah. short sleeve shirts is the I'm going to say this as Jeff Fader, not as knife talk. Welding in short sleeve shirts is the dumbest fucking thing you can do as a person. How do you like that? <laughs> I'll tell you why. It's rough. It's I'll tell you why. The I don't think people understand. How, how and you know what this is your life you want to you want to go ahead and, and and weld in a short sleeve shirt more power to you but what happens is is the rays that come off the uh the, the when the arc are like the sun and you mm. get sunburn and that yeah. sunburn is kind of like getting you itching you closer and closer to cancer so i am and not to mention just because you if you're welding next to somebody and you close your eyes you can still get welding blindness, which I've had, and it was probably one of the worst experiences of my life. The the actually, I was welding. I was sitting down. I was TIG welding, and I was sitting down, and the rays from the tungsten bounced off my chest and then into my mask, and then from my inside of my mask to my face. I didn't even realize it. It didn't even dawn on me. And then that night, I woke up. My eyes were scratchy, and then. I had uh, I had my eyes were so scratchy that I couldn't close them. So all I had to stay up all night putting like eye drops in, and then I, and I couldn't see. And then the next day I went to the eye doctor. Says, "Yeah, you fucking sunburnt your eyeballs off." But in high school, in college, when I was welding, I was welding in a, like a polo shirt, like a fucking dork, and I had a welding burn, a triangular welding burn on my chest, like this little diamond from where the shirt was open and i had this blister that came out maybe an inch it was like this <laughs> giant blister and i have like freckles there and i'm convinced that that's where the cancer is going to come but i would have a i have a much bigger problem with people casually welding in t-shirts than wearing shorts there you go flip-flops what's your thought on i'm flip-flops? against i mean i wear sneakers in the shop and i and and do I think that it's the best idea? No. I used to wear like running hmm. shoes until I got a hot piece of metal melt through them. Like, I mean, you wouldn't, be- I mean, I might as well have been wearing paper. But now, <laughs> and then I wore leather for a while, leather shoes for a while. And then I was in a number of shops who demanded that you had to wear steel toed caps, which, you know, if you're not lifting anything over 25 pounds, I mean, you know, <laughs> you don't really need them. But I've always worn shorts in the shop and. An apron. I always wore an apron. 
yeah. wore my Momasi yeah. Fire Arts apron. Yeah, boy. My BAMF. There we go. There we favorite. go. <laughs> but and and to be clear, I'm not wearing like 70s, you know, really high yeah, shorts, you, you know, where, where your tip comes <laughs> yeah, up the end. You know? no, no, nothing like that. I'm talking, you That's know. That's the picture for the album cover. I still get that problem with long shorts, you obviously. The but, uh, <laughs> but no. You're the hot pants. Hot pants. Hot pants and roller yeah, skates. Baby. Elton yeah, Elton John's sister's going to come after you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, God bless him. And Nick right. Angé wears shorts. Okay. He wears shorts all the time. Or they, oh, yeah. If good enough for him, it's good enough for anybody. I mean, you see these guys, they're forging on like 3,000-pound power hammers. They work. They're all right. No one's. No one said. No one ever said I was forging and my leg came off because I wore in shorts. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you get a little spark here and there, but I mean, come on, man. I'm the pillow business. Yeah. But you know, if you do want pants, you could always get some of those super Dharma Steel pants over at dharmasteel.se. Um, obviously, they sell amazing steels. That's what they're known for. The most beautiful stainless Damascus. But they also sell pants, as you'd expect. Uh, but go take a look. Dharma Steel Lab on Instagram. You can see some of the beautiful things that people are making with Dharma Steel. They got Some of their patterns are just stunning. Beautiful, beautiful things. And they're dharmasteel.se online. If you register for an account and use Knife Talk at checkout, you'll get 10% off your order. Uh, but go take a look. Beautiful, beautiful patterns. Um, and it's, you know, it's special stuff for special When's the invitation again? I'm getting fired up. I think it's November. That's I think. our Super Bowl. I think it's November. That's our Super Bowl coverage. Yeah, yeah, and it's always a good show, isn't we it? We have always a have fun great too. time, yeah. and it's like it's it, it makes me feel like we're a real professional show. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I love it. Yeah, and it was it was great last time because we had people like cooking a meal for people and people were getting together. Or you it know, was it was awesome. yeah, it we was had good a fun. great time. We talked it to was... everybody. It was a lot of fun, and it was a great episode. It was a great episode. Those probably yeah. are my favorite episodes to do because you know, all of a sudden it's like it's almost you know what it reminds me of. It reminds me of like if you're ever younger and you're watching like t- parades on TV and they're kind of like here's here comes so and so and you're talking to him and you have five minutes with this guy, five minutes with that guy. I fucking love it. Hmm. Yeah, the red carpet right. show. You know, yeah, we got to figure out is Jeff, both Jeff and I are going to be at Maker Camp on the Friday that we usually record the podcast. Do we like? We need to figure out if we're going to do something live or. The problem is, if Craig isn't around, there the Wi-Fi there is not there is none. Oh and really? The the cell. I mean, I, gotcha. I hate to inform you, but <laughs> Maker Camp isn't like on Madison Avenue. <laughs> I mean, what? Be prepared, man. Be prepared. This is like this is the Irish the fiber Alps. optic connections gonna, there. The Irish Alps. This is the, it's the Irish to, Alps. And I'm not making a joke. It's referred to as the Irish Alps. So I mean, like, I mean, we're gonna be lucky if there's like a you know a couple cans of the string and a donkey bringing the mail. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't gonna be no cell service. I don't think so, or very little. So we'll figure something out. Yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah, we'll yeah. do. I mean, remote, you could always. Maybe Mareko and I will do the 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 knife. Maybe we'll do the fuck off show. <laughs> ah, <laughs> I see. Do it remote. We'll do something. And you we'll and I will Craig do something. A break. Yeah, we'll give Craig a break. We'll do something. We'll figure something out. Yeah, we sort something out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Rogue Forge Blades again. They've asked us a question on on Knife Talk podcast on Instagram. Um, I'd be interested in hearing about websites on the podcast. Um, it's something I'm 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 wanting to do, but I get lost so easily. Like understanding about selling online and making sales to other states with taxes, uh, remitting taxes to those states, etc. Uh, my state does not have a sales tax. 
tax um does squarespace or shopify automatically take care of all that Good stuff question because mm. we, we talked last week about um using things like shopify and squarespace all that kind of stuff um that's a really good i don't know how it works in the u.s uh, with regards to different states and their different taxes um but i know um shopify um you can do it by a country basis as in um apply different taxes per country i'm not sure if you can do it per state in the i'd imagine you can um it's something that i've never done um i don't think you can in squarespace but i know you can in shopify um but personally all my prices are inclusive um and then it comes down to my accountant to sort everything out so i haven't got a clue um but i mean what do you guys do when you sell out of state let's say you 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 sell to texas um where they may not have a sales tax and you do how how do you handle you that start in morocco because i might have a dissertation on you know, uh, freedom that we have in this country we only uh so washington does washington state has a sales tax if i sell to somebody in washington uh whether it's in seattle spokane olympia doesn't matter where each of those different cities has a different sales tax. And so I have to collect for that sales tax because I, I, because that sale is happening in Washington where the business is located. Um, and then that gets collected and then quarterly is remitted back to the state, uh, or given passed on to the state so that they get their sales tax for that tax for that sale. So if I make a sales, What's but that? it's not it's the it's it's not where you're at it's where your customers at yes where my customer is at right. that's why if 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 a customer is in Seattle or if they're in Spokane or wherever they're at I collect the sales tax for where they are at sorry I didn't I guess I wasn't super clear about that but I'm collecting the that's sales it. tax for where they are at and then they pay the sales tax and the invoice for the knife we do our invoicing through paypal we collect all that money but make sure to take that other that portion and set it aside and um and pay it back when that quarterly taxes are um done for the state of washington now if i sell something to new york state or california or wherever i i'm not responsible for collecting tax there so i just i make the sale and that's it now if that person comes from california actually had this happen recently a person when they originally made the order was down in san diego but when they picked up the knife the the transaction and the sale happened in washington so i had to collect sales tax and remit that to the state of washington because it happened in Washington, in in my in Olympia, where I was, where he came and picked it up for me at. Um, but yeah, it is tricky. Um, I will say for the state of Washington, at least, and where I happen to live in the state capital, so there are a lot of government um, agencies around, and um, the the portion of the I can't remember what they're called right now off the top of my head, but the, who's in, basically in, 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 responsible for collecting all that sales tax and stuff? They actually have people who will meet with you um, for free um, as, as a service to help you understand as a small business how you should be collecting taxes and all that stuff because they want you to be collecting that and passing it on legally so that you're not audited or something weird down the road. Uh, and that's collected later uh, with some additional fees. Um, so maybe getting a hold of your local, fuck, I can't remember the name of the department. Um, but anyways, your local tax people and figuring that out, that, that could probably help you. 
I'm going to tell you, I agree. I'm glad that you're doing that, Morocco. I'm glad that you're at least attempting to do everything you can within the knowledge that you have. Yeah. Because Mm. it will catch up with you. And I'll tell you this. I think that if you're going into small business, the best thing you can do is to get an accountant. Get an accountant and have them deal with this. Because sure. I'm going to give you a nightmare story that we're dealing with. And, and we deal with the, the state of New York. I swear to God, the state of New York and I are going to have, are, are going to have real problems. Because <laughs> I, we have, I make the joke to Tony. Every, I will not statue back. <laughs> every six weeks, we get some crazy letter. And we do, I, every, I said when we started this business, I said I want to be by the books from day one. Because if we ever get audited, I want it to be clear and crisp and not a big deal. I don't want there to be any vagaries. Everything is by the book. We the way we deal with the Department of Labor, the, the taxes. We have an accountant who deals with the. You know, we have a company that pays the sales tax and they collect the sales tax, and we do all this. So when I when the when I get the letters, I see open them up, I gasp, I take a picture of them and send them to Tony. Tony sends them to the CPA, and Tony says, "Just relax." We just recently got a letter from the from the state of New York saying that we didn't pay $200 back in 2020 for something. We did. We have records of it. We had never heard of this before. We'd never heard of this. I mean, it's two years ago. We had never, it never came up, never, you know, we pay and we, we do our thing and we, we do that. Our accountant deals with the state. And when there's an issue, they deal. I have, I crack the whip with this CPA and I say, what are we paying you for? You goddamn it. I don't want to get these letters and you better be, t-. I'm like a fucking wreck with this guy. I'm like, I got to sleep at night and I, how I got to work all the time and I don't need to deal with this bullshit. You take care of it. Get this letter, uh, last week, right before I left my trip. And it said that you are you didn't pay this two hundred dollars in taxes in twenty twenty. We are going to uh, penalize you five hundred five hundred dollars, and then charge you seven hundred dollars in interest. So we got a bill from the state for a bullshit two hundred dollars, fourteen hundred dollars, fourteen hundred dollars. So I, I took a picture of it, I sent it to Tony, and I said, what the fuck is going on? And, we, and the CPA is just like, I don't understand this. A lot of these bureaucracies really aren't, they're not communicating well or whatever it no. is. But we're constantly, I talk yeah. to our CPA, we, Hillary and I have not gotten our, 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 I have not gotten our, uh, our 2020 uh, uh, taxes uh, uh, refund. We haven't gotten our refund from 2020. There's such a fucking wreck these these organizations, but you got to be on top of them and you have to address them and you have to and it sucks and it's like being an adult, but like you just have to find someone you trust and you have to invest in making sure that you're doing everything by the book. Yeah. But I tell you what, I tell you, I looked at that bill. I'm like, for fucking two hundred dollars, this goddamn city, this state wants to charge me fourteen hundred dollars for their mistake. And we took care of it, and we're taking care of it. And I, all I do is pay this goddamn CPA, and I could <laughs> strangle him by the neck, you know. But it sucks, and Shopify ain't going to do it. And, yeah. and then you get these letters. I got another letter saying, oh, well, you, you, uh, your, your S-Corp uh, uh, records were, were changed, and you didn't file the CT3 uh, uh, paperwork, and you should have done the C354. And now we have it. 
I'm like, what the fuck is going on with this goddamn state? Are you out of your goddamn mind? You do not. And then Tony says to me, he's like, they don't care about small business. If they cared about small business, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be rattling our cage every six weeks. So there you go. Yep. Yep. Which ties in perfectly with the next oh, question. I, so I got last one last yep, follow-up. Yep. Sorry, I, I couldn't it, yeah. think of the department. It's called the Department of Revenue here in the state of Washington. I'm sure most states have a Department of Revenue. Yeah. But it's our Department of Revenue here in Washington State who send they'll send either send somebody out to come visit you at your business or talk to you like coordinate a Zoom call and they'll go through all the shit and they'll see where you guys are at. And what's actually interesting about um them offering that service here in the state of Washington is that after you do that kind of, uh, what is it called? Um, where they, where they talk to you, whatever that's called consultation, they give you, they give you a a two years to figure your shit out and they're not going to audit your ass. Um, but ideally in that time, either if it's super simple, you just, you just figure it out and you do it yourself. Or if it gets more complicated, you're doing a lot of transactions, you probably want to work with an accountant um, because, you know, for even a couple hundred dollars a month, an accountant's going to help keep that stuff straight and make it that much less of a headache for you um, how many, every quarter. How, how many of our listeners do you think are shitting themselves right now? <laughs> Probably none yeah, of them. I can imagine. A lot They're of like, them, fuck bet. the government. And I'll tell, well, yeah, those are, fuck the government until they knock on the door. I actually, speaking <laughs> of which, when you said they come to the door, we had a guy leave a note on our door saying, oh, I was in the neighborhood. I thought I'd stop by. And it was over like $30 from a year ago. And we paid it. And it's these these guys, they, a lot of these, these internal revenue service guys or even the state guys, they scattershot. They make you prove that they're, you prove that you're innocent. When it's right. their mistake or their, you know, clerical errors, there's not one dude assigned to your company. They they, they just they're gonna scatter shot <laughs> some shit. I mean, even with the Department of Labor, we get all these crazy letters. We we you gotta deal with them. But like some of us are not. I'm not equipped to be dealing with these goddamn fucking no. people. Hmm. It's legalized yeah. racketeering, yeah. right? I mean, I hate to say it, but it's true. I mean, it's like, I mean, that's why we we, we had a Zoom meeting with a, the team. We're all going to move to Barcelona, but I'll, we don't want to. <laughs> we're ready to go. We're ready to I mean, then all of a sudden Shakira is going to get the three years for, for, do you hear what's going on with Shakira? She's got, no, she's got yeah. 13 or $15 million worth of tax fraud with, with, with Spain. They want to, they want to lock her sweet ass up. Oh. You know, it's just Shakira going to get shaken loose in the, in the, in the, in the pen. So I'm not moving there because now, you know. <laughs> if it happens to Shakira, it can I mean, happen to you. They're going to yeah. put Shakira's sweet ass in jail. I mean, what do they think you're going to do? Your furry ass. <laughs> Some of you guys with little beards and your shorts and your, shit, your pants. They're going to put you right in the pokey, babe. <laughs> you in fucking guys, man. You're so screwed. I'm just kidding. It's fine. But- that this does tie in nicely with the next question from Goot Knives. Um, and we had a question last week from Goot Knives as well, and he's asking about Etsy, um, whether you should sell on Etsy or use some other e-commerce provider and so on. We, we talked about that, I think, in a bit of detail. Uh, but he's come back as well and said, is it possible or wise to sell knives as a hobbyist without incorporating first? Um, he said, I know it protects the maker financially, but I'm worried that by incorporating, I would lose my passion for the hobby. Um, and it's just like we said, there's a lot of bureaucracy. Um, there's a lot of new skills you need. Um, and you can get somebody to take, take care of all this, you know, at, at a cost. Um, but I mean, what are you guys, it's, it's, 
again, I'm, t- I'm talking maybe out of handy because it's different here and in Europe than it is in the States with regards to incorporation. That's why you left uh, England. <laughs> Wales. Wales. That's why you left yeah. Wales. Those damn Welsh taxes. Yeah. Taxes. yeah. Um, so, so what do you think? Incorporating in the US, um, if you just like, like a hobbyist selling a few knives, um, should you, would you? No, and so I wouldn't. Unless you're making a lot okay. of money from it, you, you probably don't really need to. I think if you're getting to like where you're making a few thousand or five or ten thousand dollars a month, maybe that's a different thing. Uh, and your government, mm-hmm. your local, either your municipal or state government, will see it not as as a hobby, but as a uh, as a full on business. <laughs> Especially if you're making yeah. more from so, the side hustle than you are from your daily job. <laughs> So there in the states, could you just declare that as like a personal income and be taxed on the income? Yeah, I, without without I being a corporate. I haven't looked at it in a while, and I'd have to talk to a business let's lawyer. Not, we not? I mean, a little, ta- I mean ta- we're here. Tax talk, let's not it? fucking drag it out to mm. two episodes. Let's, let's, let's listen to the listen, <laughs> listeners. Listen to me. Uh-huh. I know you're just like, oh god, they're gonna keep going. We're gonna go a little bit farther, and we're not gonna talk about it for a few episodes. Otherwise, we're gonna have to talk about it two episodes. So let's just we're here. Let's hmm. fucking do it. It's just the you know, it's not all fun and games here on Night Talk sometimes. I'll make it fun. No, you no. know, we'll figure it out. But keep going. Making taxes We're here, fun. Dudes. Yeah, We're here. No. Let's just fucking get on with it. I mean, I think if you're just making a few hundred dollars here and there, there's no paper trail. Like maybe you're just doing cash transactions or oh boy. or whatever, right? Then like, what the fuck ever. Like at least in the state of Washington, the state of Washington's not coming after you for something like that. You never know. I, I, I'm stu- stupefied of what these these, these well, they got to pay for their lights somehow. They got to pay for all these road guys and all this bullshit. I mean, New York State, <laughs> New York State. Not only do we have to pay for our own bullshit, but like those sons of bitches down in Kentucky need our money too for some reason. So it's like, I mean, I got to work hard for these Kentucky. fuckers down in Kentucky because they need that New York State tax money too. Take so it easy on Jared. Take Jared, the Kentucky Jared. Stooge is telling me to slap in the crap in the whip because he needs he needs me to work harder so they can pave his <laughs> fucking goat trail or whatever. By the way, well, it's it's, it's Mayor Thatcher. Damn right. Don't he forget was, it. He was never. I'll never forget. It. I try to get him back. I tell you what, a fucking Kentucky Stooge is the greatest. I tell you, I try to get him back. I want to. I talk to him every so often. I want to get him back on full blast. I'm going to talk about what it's like being a mayor. He tells me some fucking stories, but the, but the mayor can't even get good you know, cell phone service at his area. So he's got to work on the Wi-Fi. I'm like, come on, Mayor. Get it together. Kentucky Stooge. Get it together. <laughs> uh, Here's the problem. The problem is, is once you dip your toe into this situation, you're on the hook. And and you just got to, hmm. if you want to be an adult and you want to do this for a living, you got to do it the right way. Unfortunately, you have to figure out a way to make things work. And part of that making things work, I can tell B. Cone Knives is listening to this and he's just like, He's just shaking. He's he's that beard is like starting to kind of fall out while he's listening to his <laughs> podcast. He's like, oh god, just one more thing I have to do, and one more thing I gotta, gotta call my CPA, and maybe there's you just gotta. As unfortunately, this part is the, the creative people are not good at this, and you have to just assign yourself the the. Oh, it's okay that I don't know this. I'm gonna find someone who does, and they're gonna take care of it. That's what I did. I had to get, get a business partner to deal with the, the fucking stuff that I just cannot do and I won't do. Is there a threshold where you have to be incorporated? Or it, it may be even different in each state, maybe, I don't know. But in the US, there is, is there, you know, if you, if you have 
a personal income aside from your main gig of maybe 10 grand do you have to be incorporated is there a threshold level well you know? no and i'm not gonna pretend like i know the ins and outs of this thing but if you want to start mm. doing deductions for like your stuff like right. that's part of the good part about yeah, being a business. then you need to be incorporated yeah. Yeah. Like, yes yeah. when i was yeah. making sculpture and i was like I was making enough sculpture that I was just like, someone's going to say something. I can't just say, oh, these checks are big. I, gotta... I would talk to my accountant, and then we would take out, you know, take out the necessary taxes, and I would have to monitor everything. But at the same time, once we did it, you know, the way that I was supposed to, that we were supposed to do it, that was okay. Then I also started taking out deductions. But if you're, yeah. you gotta like, you gotta talk to a professional. You gotta talk to a professional and come up with a way. You don't have to be incorporated. You could do an LLC. You could do an S corp. You could do all this bullshit. But at some point, you, you just don't want to be pinched. You know what I mean? I just that's one of the things I think about with these guys. I, I worry about our listeners because a lot of them are like hobbyists. You're finding a little bit extra cash, and then the next thing you know, they're. Uh, I just don't want you to get pinched. I would hate for that to happen. I just found a really good article from written by the IRS. Oh, I'm sure about it's a great article. If, if your guys. hobby is real, is a real business or not. So I'll send this to you. Don't send it to Goop. me. No, I don't want to anything to do with it. I don't want to free. They already have enough on me. It's I'm shooting it to Goot. Oh, all right. <laughs> shooting Goot. I mean, shooting you, just to let you know, if the IRS are, are writing an article, it's most likely not in your favor. I'm just <laughs> telling you, they're going to uh, say, yeah. we want our money. I mean, their main argument is is actually people who only do things as a hobby claiming bullshit like, I just bought this $3,000 machine and I'm going to deduct it. But it's like, is that a real business or is that a hobby? That They're actually more concerned about that end, it seems like, in this article at least. All right. There you go. I'm going to shoot We've it. We've done. We're done. We've done it all, everybody. We've done all the... This is Yeah. Tax talk this, is over. We're not yeah. talking about business anymore. I can't. We can't. It's, it's, it's exhausting. And I'm just like, you know, sucks being an adult. Mm, it does. It does. I'll tell you a business who are pretty damn good. Um, the guys at TexasFarriersSupply.com. Um, they obviously sell everything you need as a knife maker, uh, whether you're a farrier, a bladesmith, uh, whatever you may do. They've got everything that you'd possibly need from tools to materials to everything. Obviously, they also have Indasa Rhino Wet. Which, if you're doing any hand sanding, that's the stuff you need. So head on over to TexasFarrowSupply.com, fill up your basket with Rhino Wet, and, you know, spend 10 minutes. Have a look what they've got, because they've got some stuff that you wouldn't find anywhere else as well. So it's always worth a good look. Um, TexasFarrowSupply.com, use Knife Talk 10, and get 10% and off. The last thing I'll say on it all is I do complain a lot. <laughs> I do complain a lot about dealing with the state and, you know, all this stuff. But it also makes me feel like I'm a responsible adult because I deal with it. I don't rip the shit up and throw it away. We we deal with it head mm. on. I don't want people. I don't want people. Uh, I don't want to shirk responsibilities. Handle the bull by the horns. Be a be a adult. Do your thing and feel good the, the fact that you're an adult. <clears throat> okay. I, I'm just looking through the questions oh, here, um, and I've got one I want to read out from Mr. Monks, okay. and he says, "Question." Now that Mr. Fader has lost all that weight, have his tattoos increased in color density? Or, or do you have that really sort of flabby skin that hangs off Listen, you? Listen, man. The, the, guns, the gun department is, is fine. The gun shows no okay. problem. My shit is fucking tight. What about that good. washboard of yours? Hey, 
Listen, there is no, there is definition. I ain't taking my shirt off for you, motherfuckers. But trust me, I'm getting, com- I'm getting comments. I'm getting comments. You're covered in paint. We wouldn't Can- be able to see anything. Anyways. I don't care. I mean, He's that's weird. Comments. It would be super weird. If you want to see my abs? I'm not doing that. I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> but I mean, we're talking. I mean, number one is the guns the guns have just gotten bigger just to let you know and i have the color the and color, he's getting comments tattoos get darker. And gentlemen tattoos get darker uh, and fade a little bit but other than that there has been no there's been no noticeable changes in regards i don't have stretch marks i don't have any of that and the uh tattoos look perfectly fine thanks for asking is your whole ass tattooed my ass why am i why would i tattoo my ass Sorry. I don't know. Maybe Excuse it's me. like the, the Japanese. Well, yeah. Excuse me, sir. Why would I tattoo my whole ass if you don't mind me asking? <laughs> I just, I know you got tattoos up and down your legs and your torso, your arms, your I'm against leg tattoos. I'm against leg tattoos. I'm against scalp tattoos. I'm against below the wrist tattoos. Did this slow you down on the Peloton? I have no, <laughs> I have no ass tattoos. Thank you very much. <laughs> Which would be wild. That would be the tattoo to get. It would just be like Speedos. Get like, get your fucking, get like Speedos done and that's it. No, I have no ass tattoos. Thank you. Okay. Uh, do, do we want to do another question? Yeah. Look down the list. I, I mean, we're yeah. running out of time, but look down the list. Anything interesting? Yeah, I got let's, one let's from our friend J Mod Knives. He says, thanks for the feedback. Do you all happen to know any Phoenix knife makers? I haven't heard of many Smiths in the Valley. And maybe the heat is probably one of the reasons. I'd love to reach out to somebody to get some advice eventually if knife making takes off for me in the future. Love y'all and thanks for everything y'all do. J-Mod. Uh, Phoenix. I know that Grizzly Ironworks is in Phoenix. Yeah. Um, and Don Nguyen isn't far. He's in Tucson. He's about an hour away. I think uh, Travis Wirtz does his hammer in down in Casa Grande, which is about an hour south of Phoenix, or what is it? It's hour south west, I think, of Phoenix. Um, those are the those are the main people I would look into. Jmod might need a phone book or something. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, Laramie like, Jackson is there in Phoenix or in Jmod? Uh, what's going on, dude? I mean, come on, <laughs> get a fucking internet. I mean, get the get the internet or something. <laughs> Go Everybody's check out- down there. Yeah, I think that they might even have a knife makers association. I'd have to ask somebody like Laramie Jackson or somebody like that. But uh, there are quite a uh, quite a few makers, and I met a lot of them at Travis Wirtz Hammerin um, a few years back. And so you should look into that for I think it's March. It's the first weekend or so in March. Uh, so start planning for it because that's what six months away, eight months away. Um, and go check it out, and you can connect with people there. Cool. Jeff, any questions that you're aching to uh, Well, there's answer. one that we missed in the beginning. It was from Littleton Supply Company. And he says, listener question, as a knife maker... Uh, let's ask the second part. Uh, uh, I, was th- I thought... Um, also, just a thought. I think that people should be clear about the distinction between knife maker and bladesmith. In my opinion, a stock removal guy would be a knife maker and could even be a master knife maker. But a bladesmith is just a smith. So if you're a stock removal guy, stop calling yourself a bladesmith. There's nothing wrong with being a knife maker. Anyway, love the show. Keep it up. It helps get me through my day job, which keeps getting in the way of my knife making. Hmm. I mean, it's just semantics, isn't it? I think, I mean, I personally call myself a knife maker rather than the, obviously not a bladesmith because I don't do any smithing. Um, But I don't know. 
the average person, the average customer probably wouldn't have a clue of the difference. Um, but when I tell people I'm a knife maker, they everybody assumes that I forge the knives. And it's like, well, I don't. And they're like, Ugh. and it's, yeah, it's just words that maybe we use within the community that the customer wouldn't really understand anyway. Um, and it's that whole thing. As long as you're being honest to your customers, I think that's all that counts, really. But uh, I mean, I don't know what you guys think. Probably, most of our customers think we melt it down. Do you melt down and make the knives? Yeah, do you yeah, smelt? Do you smelt the <laughs> the, I, I've, I feel like it's, it's not necessarily semantics, though. And I think part of the reason some people uh, who are stock removal or, or non-forgers or non-smiths might prefer to use smiths somehow in how they advertise themselves is because they probably fucking hate having that conversation around whether or not they forged <laughs> it or not. And, uh, and it probably doesn't feel good because even though the ding-dongs don't know what the fuck they're talking about, they still are like, oh, you didn't forge it? It must not be good. But that's not the fucking reality. And, of course, you, you, know, you take up the decision if you want to go into the whole conversation about quality of materials and blah 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 but I think, I, I think if you're a smith feel free to call your smith if you're not a smith i have seen people who leverage that term and that's exactly what they're doing they're leveraging it to kind of make themselves sound cooler but i think ultimately hmm. like i don't know it, it doesn't affect me but i feel like you look silly if you don't actually forge knives and you call yourself a smith because that's that's literally what that fucking means, <laughs> right? I mean, I think sometimes stock removal guys are a little bit sensitive. To be honest with you, I think some of them, <laughs> I think a lot of them are, because then we're constantly having to do. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Just be who you are and stop worrying about what other people think and just don't lie. That's it. Just yeah. be honest, and nobody cares. Honestly. You're going to meet somebody, and then they're going to say, oh, you're a knife maker. Do you forge? Uh, do you melt down? No. Are you, do you forge? No. Oh, you let's talk about your knives. And then they're going to walk away the rest of their life, and they're not going to think about you again. <laughs> Don't worry about it. If you're not <laughs> st- you do stock removal, you do stock removal. If you forge, you forge. Boom. Yeah. Trust me, when the IRS mm-hmm. calls you, they don't give a fuck <laughs> if you're a stock <laughs> removal guy or a black bladesmith. They just want their money. Do you make money? Give yeah. us our part. Yeah, they, but but, <laughs> yeah, but dear IRS, I'm a bladesmith. What's the difference? I don't care. I want your money. <laughs> About six hundred dollars yeah. a knife. Yeah. That's the difference. They don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. There you go. Okay, uh, before we go, we need to tell all our Canadian friends all about Maritime Knife Supply um, because they're fantastic. Um, they've got everything you need as a knife maker. Um, they also sell combat abrasives. They also sell rhino wet. They sell everything you need, but they're in Canada. Um, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. They're Maritime Knife Supply on Instagram too. Uh, Lawrence is a really good dude. I gather he's a maker camp as well with you guys. He will be, yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So if you see him, um, go and say hi. But yeah, go take a look. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Um, they've always got offers on like packs of belts and all that kind of stuff. So if you're in Canada, that's the place to go. And even if you're not in Canada, maybe you're uh, um, a U.S. resident, maybe you could take advantage of the Canadian dollar. Go take a look. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Okay. Should we call it a day, do you think? It is 11.36 here. Ooh. Jeez. Right. Good night.
I'm a little bit uh, jet lag still, so I might have been a little bit extra wacky today. So I apologize. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. So, did you have any sort of jet lag? Is is anything sort of? I had some moments. Weird, weird time things some, going on. There were some moments when we were setting up for the class where I was like nodding off a hair, but I just kind of worked right through it, and I was surprised. Mm. I was surprised I was able to kind of work right. I felt much better this time than the last few times I've been mm. here. Yeah. But it, did you sleep on the plane? I slept did you on the plane on the way out, which was good. We get we left at five p.m. and then arrived at like you know six or seven a.m. at seven or eight a.m. and I got to sleep on the plane out. Mm. I stayed up on the way back just so I could go to bed at the normal time, which was weird. I but, got you. But oh, yeah, that's a good move. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not very bright. I just, I didn't really, I wasn't really looking when I bought the tickets. I wasn't really looking at when I'm going to be arriving and stuff. So, mm. but, you know. No, all good. All good. I have some weird news. So, Ooh, I saw. Oh, yeah, let's do baby. It. So we talked about the, a lady getting gored by a bison in, in at Yellowstone. Right. Some fucking mm. idiot who should, if he was smarter, he'd be listening to our show because he would have heard the warning. But literally two weeks later, some ding dong got gored as well, walking up to a bison. So people, stay away from the fucking Ooh. bison. Jesus Christ. Uh, second off, a Russian chess robot j- just went rogue and broke the finger of a seven-year-old component. I heard about that. <laughs> some kid was reaching through the board, and the robot reached over and got a hold of like his pinky and broke the fucking finger. Did oh now fuck. was the, I think that the robot was playing a lot of people at the same time, and then he yes, just was it looks like the kid was like in the up. way. I I don't know mm. if for some reason the robots like it's smashed just, somebody's hand if it's not supposed to be on the board. It's the whole it's these Russians, man! I swear to God, it's like it's <laughs> never something easy. It's always something barbaric, you know. Yeah, they're, they're pulling out of the International Space Station in two years' time. And they're planning to have their own sta- uh, space station within two years. Can you imagine how badly that's going to be built? I mean, I don't Fuck. know. I, I don't know anything about it. I was watching Interstellar on the way back. Oh, that's a good one. It's mm. pretty good. Mm. It's a trip. I did yeah. not expect the end. Um, I thought it was very cool. It was a pretty wild show. It was a pretty wild show. Yeah. Pretty wild show. Hmm. Here, I'm going to finish the the chess thing. So just the last little bit of the caption says, Officials say the child didn't wait long enough for the robot to finish its move, but they're now looking into the potential dangers these machines pose. (laughs) So apparently the kid started reaching for his piece before the robot pulled its robot. I blame the parents. I blame the parents. (laughs) Always. Because it's it's like a table saw. I mean, if you know the table saw is sure. going, you can't blame the table saw for cutting your finger off. You fucking mm. put your finger in the way. Oh, don't blame the Russians. Just blame the uh, Russians. See, that's so what Americans do. do. Americans would, would blame other people not taking yeah. responsibility for their own actions. And it's very clear that this kid was shouldn't have been touching. Don't touch mm. at this specific yep. time. I've, I've, I'm, I'm sorry that it happened. Did he win the match? No, he had the forfeit. <laughs> Oh, that's he. Ah, he's a fucking that's loser some, anyway. <laughs> that's some bullshit. This kid should have <laughs> won by. I mean, he was attacked. Uh, I've got a, a t- two TV wrecks actually um, for this week. Um, the one was pure trash, but um, I couldn't stop watching uh, Netflix documentary uh, "The Most Hated Man on the Internet," 
I don't know, it was, I think it was released just this week. True story about a guy, um, he set up a website, I think early 2000s, um, called, let me have a look, it's called, it was called Is Anyone Up? And basically this was, it turned into like a revenge porn site. So people were sending pictures of their ex-girlfriends and stuff and people couldn't get them down in it. And, and some of the stories were shocking and terrible. Um, but basically it's a three-part documentary about how this guy was eventually found and put in prison and stuff. Just crazy, crazy stories. So yeah, if you're if you're bored, looking for something to watch, the most hated man on the internet is pretty crap. But it's one of those things where you just got to keep watching to see what why, happens. Why yeah? you watch um, this shit? Shitty documentaries—they're my downfall, honestly. Shitty documentaries and bread. That's, <laughs> and that's bread. That, that'll be the death of me. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it'll, it'll be the death Jeez, of me. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like some sort. That sounds like some darkness that I just don't want to enter into my life. Maybe, 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 but it's, it's, it was done badly as well, oh, the documentary, and, and it's, you know, it. and I know, I know, I'm a sucker for them, I'm a sucker, any Netflix documentary I'm in, whatever it is, um, but this one was particularly crazy, so yeah, and it's, it's more, what was crazy, not so much the story, which is crazy, but just the people that they, they were interviewing, you know, and uh, yeah, honestly, you just think, what the fuck, are all Americans crazy, it's just like Part of me thinks madness. that you're crazy for watching it. <laughs> quite I mean, possibly yeah. um and the other one the other one which is very good on apple uh tv is called blackbird um like yeah you know, the typical sort of actiony kind of thing somebody's in prison and um they're, they're, he's in prison i think for like 30 odd years um cia agent comes to visit him and says look what if if you go into a high security like psych ward of this other prison um, and you get a confession out of the guy we're going to put you in the prison with. We let you free. We let you walk. So he's got to go in as this like rat in the prison. It's amazing. Really good. Um, yeah. So that's like a week every Friday. There's a new episode of that. It's really good. Blackbird. Um, it's um, the, the the main guy is that Taron Egerton who played Elton John in the Elton John films for that. He's he's not that good in it. But the other guy who's like the baddie. Um, I, just, I had to look up his name because I didn't know it. It's Paul Walter Hauser. He normally plays like a comedy character and stuff, but, you know, big, you know, chubby guy. Um, but he is so good in it. He's so creepy as like the baddie. He's got this crazy voice, really high pitched voice. Honestly, really How good. You have Blackbird. so much time to watch TV. <laughs> you have three kids um, because the kids go to sleep, and then we're like, then we just need to be quiet. So all we can do is really hunker down mm. and watch TV. So yeah, yeah. Remember those days, young kids, eh? Yeah. Have you guys seen the uh, mm-hmm. How to Change Your Mind documentary series on Netflix? I've seen the first two, mm. I think. The first, yeah, I think it was the first two. It, yeah, it went on a bit, and it's it almost like you'd listen to a Joe Rogan podcast in the end because they're just saying how great drugs are. And I was just like, mm, I don't know. Um, <laughs> That's all you got yeah, out of it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. It is, yeah, it is quite crazy, but it, uh, it was very sort of one-sided. I think you didn't hear any any bad stuff, really. Well, yeah, it's, I think I think it's pretty interesting. I actually read the book called How. Yeah, to well, it is interesting, mind. without doubt. Uh, and I think it's interesting yeah. that they're using uh, what are considered classic psychedelic drugs as f- for as therapy uh, for therapeutic purposes, mm. which before the U.S. government. Schedule, made them a schedule one through the Nixon like war on drugs in the 70s they were used for from like the 50s for almost like 20 years honestly just over 20 mm. years um 
that was interesting, yeah, when they were on about why they were sort of banned and stuff. Right. Because it was, it was as, you know, people were being scripted into go to Vietnam and stuff like that. And they were like, no, man, we're free thinking. We don't need to. And they, they were like, this is bad yeah, exactly. for the country. That's why they banned the drugs is because, like, oh, people are realizing yeah. that this is a shitty thing to do. And they're not going to fight. Yeah, so yeah. we need to ban the drugs. Um, and then I've – so that was pretty interesting. I've been watching also can- comedians in cars getting coffee, oh, yeah. uh, which are – like nice little just nice little digestible really quick episodes they're fun uh and i've started also watching alone i i remember seeing alone several years ago but it's a show on history channel uh which is also now on netflix and um and basically 10 people get dropped in the wilderness and it's a you know whoever lasts the longest basically and i'm only a few episodes into uh i think it's season eight um that they're playing right now um but it's interesting to see like how these people adapt and what they do to, uh, you know, make it, you know, make their situation survivable. Hmm. Uh, is this where they can pick like ten yep. items to take yeah. with them as well? Is, is that the one? Yeah, I think I've seen a few. Yeah, it's good. There's a naked version as well, isn't there? I think it's just no. It's a different yeah. show. It's just naked and afraid. Uh, is that wait? Is it? Uh, so just whoever stays it's out pre- there the longest, sim- but you're just naked. Yeah, it's pretty similar, <laughs> similar thing. I, I think didn't realize it? Yeah. it was yeah. basically the same. Um, but yeah, yeah. I can. yeah, I'd like to just go back on yeah. the drug thing for your hair and just do a uh, not the biggest hot take, but like maybe it's old man hot take. We have allowed ourselves to accept the f- drugs. Not only accept drugs. I'm. Fi- I, I say you want to do whatever the hell you want. Go ahead. But we're normalizing behavior that is relatively antisocial and antiproductive. And we're allowing our kids, we're allowing kids to say, to see people smoking weed all the time. And weed is, oh, you don't understand the benefits of weed. Oh, you don't understand. Oh, I don't have to be on the, it's not, this is not going to end well. This is not going to end well. It's going to be just as bad, (laughs) if not worse, than, than, than all the drinking that's happening. And we're not really being responsible to, the youth and our generation by allowing ourselves to be comfortable with the idea of smoking weed is all the time is good. No. And so the, the series doesn't say that. I know I'm not saying anything about the series. I'm saying that our society now is allowed our, is, is normalizing constant marijuana use. And I don't necessarily think it's the brightest move of all time. Right. Well, I mean, it's, they've also, I mean, we can go on and on about this, but normalized, you know, prescription opiates and shit like that. That's fucking killed thousands, hundreds of thousands well, of people. Well, you can't go to a recreational Millions, opiate yeah. store. Right. We're I don't, making, but we're that, making that's, these... that's a representation of how I not harmful, I think, but weed we're, is we're, versus we're, something like we're, that. We're like, I mean, we're, we're making this whole thing of like, oh, you don't know, it's the new thing. And now I, I, don't, I, don't, get, I don't yell at my wife anymore. And now I just smoke some weed all the time. And <laughs> it's like, I, I think I'm it's just about responsible use. I know, it, it, but it's never responsible. Nothing. This country does not know what responsible use of anything is. Frankly. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I agree. I mean, even when it comes to fucking food, right? Frankly, you're right. There's yeah. no, there is no, hmm. there is no, there is no governor on this fucking car. These motherfuckers, everything, it's all excess. This is all, the United States should be called excess, United States of excess. Because it's like, I mean, you all of a sudden. It's a documentary like, waiting to happen, by I the mean, way. I mean, it probably already exists, but I mean, it's like, let's cut the shit. 
I mean, we are fat and we're drunk and we're high and we got guns and we've lost our minds. We've right. all lost. But our it's a it's mind. a bigger issue, and I, I feel I obviously drugs and and alcohol need to be used in in uh, whatever in moderation. But so does I mean, honestly, everything does. Of course, we have no we have no control of mm. ourselves. Oh. No discipline, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. No discipline. <laughs> Jesus. And you're blaming it on the government. This is I'm a real anti-government the government. episode, <laughs> I'm this one, Jeff. Si- you they're, know, you know they're listening the in as well, you know don't you? I was listening to a podcast about... They're checking your taxes right to, now, Jeff. I was listening to a podcast about the fall of cryptocurrency, which we've never talked about. And there's a lot of people <laughs> who are blaming uh, popular culture people and actors and famous actors and people pushing cryptocurrency and the FOMO and everything like that. And there's, there is, we're very, we're highly suggestible. We're highly suggestible people. And, Mm. and, you know, popular culture people are the ones who are like making movies where violence is the, is the, is, is, is meted out by the hero and violence equals justice and righteousness and, Using marijuana and, and you know, and then let's go to the crypto and then Matt Damon saying, hey, everybody, let's do cryptocurrency. We're fucking pathetic. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what it really comes down to. It's pathetic. <laughs> and that's the end of the show, guys. Get the fuck out of here. Thank you all for listening. We shall speak to you all again <laughs> very soon. I lost Bye for now. <laughs> this show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.